This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to the Make America Grape Again podcast, (laughs) uh, or the Make America Label Again podcast. Hey, that's what you get for having a graphic designer here. Yeah, I know. And also, I'm going to move that part into the podcast later anyway that's fine i'm your host cody vladimir burkett csw i'm kim musket assistant winemaker at arizona stronghold vineyards and megan vinnie vidi drinky also csw i'm james mcnew social critic bon vivant and once in every five years ladies man yeah (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Woo! maybe this year what we've got today oklahoma where the wind comes sweeping down the plains uh, what we have here is the Glitz. The Glitz is now sold by Whirlwind Winery in Watonga, Oklahoma. Watonga. Say that fast. Whirlwind Winery, Watonga. Whirlwind Winery, Watonga. Whirlwind Winery, Watonga. Whirlwind Winery. Frack. And we haven't even opened it yet. Yes. Well, I just. am dyslexic. So the Glitz was originally made by a different winery. And. Brad Stinson, who's the owner and winemaker at Whirlwind Winery, bought all of the last inventory of this wine as that winery was going out of business because he thought it was interesting and fascinating and didn't want it to disappear, basically. Uh, so he purchased all the leftover inventory so it wouldn't go to waste. The, it's a blend of Norton and Pinot Gris. Norton we visited in a couple of episodes that have aired, i.e. episode one, uh, as well as episodes that have not aired yet from season two. Which we recorded with Kim. Okay. We should I, open this. So that needs some alcohol. Okay. We're, 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 I, I'm just, just do it. This is gonna be a very uh, disjointedly. I love it. Mm. Where is my womp noise? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, the Norton in this vintage came from a vineyard near Banner, Oklahoma. Uh, the Pinot Gris, uh, Brad is pretty sure, came from Concentrate because he's not aware of any growers growing this wine in Oklahoma. Not that I know. I mean, I mean, it's I possible. Know, yeah, I mean, I don't know Oklahoma very well, but it's not a grape that grows super well in the Midwest. It's not a grape that I feel grows super well in most places where people are growing it, but that's just because I'm an elitist about Pinot Gris. A Gris-litist? Yes, I'm a Gris-litist. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, anyway, uh, Brad reports that his interest in buying the wine for Out of the Tasting Room was that it was a very unusual wine, and he likes to expose people to new wines. Uh, and encourage people to drink out of their comfort zone, which is something I think that we are all behind here mm-hmm. as individuals, but and something we are definitely behind here as the Make America Great Again podcast. That's what the whole thing's about. It, exactly. Legit. You gotta try different wines. I found it. Where the hell? But yeah, no. Right so there, I've been to the left, to the right. I don't know what you're looking for. One of my fifteen corkscrews that I left here, so that way I would still have corkscrews. There is one in my car. Hold on. Ah, if you need it, and there's probably three. Okay, there you go. In this my is... purse, that's in my car. I was gonna say I've got one in my purse right here. I just didn't want to. Now, granted, that. this is not one of the ones that I was looking for. Well, because uh, this how... is like my shittiest corkscrew, but whatever. that's how you roll the dice. Oh, hey, oh, what did you roll? I don't know. I, can't. I, rolled, I was gonna pretend I rolled like thir- I know. Anything. I rolled a 13. Uh-oh. That's not too bad. Probably a hit. That would probably hit. What? Not th- okay. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. 
I wanted to say something no, that would sound like I knew, but it doesn't. I don't. I don't know anything. <laughs> I know nothing. My beard's so off topic. I love it. So anyway, there's wine. It's wine. It's a Norton. It's gonna be it's, fun. Hopefully, it's a sparkling. So yeah, sparkling. But it Norton. has a crown cap. Which to me immediately suggests pet nap, but I don't know that that's naturally the case because uh, I don't know Calligan down south. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, he does his sort of method champenois that aren't disgorged. Mm, yeah. And a crown cap. Ah! There's gonna be this <laughs> loud thumping noise on the mic as. Uh... Okay, here. Why don't we. I know, I'm like. Let's, uh. That's what she said. Who are vegetarians? Yeah. Have custody of one of my bottles of that Minnesota wine. Ooh. Yeah, I can smell this from up here. That is a that oh, is a color. Oh, no. That oh, right. is a I'm color. To get my, I, I got oh. strawberry Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Hold on. Ooh. Strawberry Dr. Pepper hit me real quick. Yeah. That's not even a thing. Strawberry Dr. Pepper? Yeah. It is now. Mm. I mean, if it is, I'm like, Actually, yeah, that is a really good explanation yeah, for what this smells like. I don't think I would have... Cherry or, or strawberry or raspberry Dr. Pepper. it smell, which usually is a Dr. Pepper kind Disclaimer, of thing. Disclaimer, there is such a thing as strawberry Dr. Pepper. They have it at the Jack in the Box in Prescott. What? Oh. What? I had it. It... Nah, I was Because cherry Dr. Pepper is one of the best things that's ever been right, created. Right. But strawberry ever. didn't work as well. I, yeah, okay, I could kind of see that. But the smell, I mean, the smell is still you nice. You still get like, so Norton, remember it had kind of that pruny, heavy mm -hmm. fruit profile? Yeah. Some of that's still kind of coming through a little bit. There's like a... But yeah, it's got like that, that effervescence you get with... Small soda. bubbles, so this looks like it may have actually been uh, Method Champenois. Or, I'm sorry, <clears throat> ah, <clears throat> Method classy. There's <clears throat> like a or method traditional like an herbal note to it though. Mm -hmm. Well, like, if it's if it's done right, it should have been picked earlier. As long as right? there's not a gerbil note. So too. like Norton, you'd want to pick you know twenty six bricks or so, twenty five, twenty four, somewhere in there. Yeah. But this, you know, you're gonna want to pick when it's a lot when it's underripe. Yeah. So a lot of times with red fruit, you can get that. Even white fruit, you can get that herbaceousness. Yeah. An so, understated black cherry taste to me. I can kind of smell that too. Yeah. But I almost want to say there's like almost like a minty note too. Yeah, mint. Mm -hmm. Like spearmint though, not peppermint. Yeah, spearmint. Yeah. So my yeah. guess, and this is what it's for what it's worth, um, since we know very little about how this wine was made, um, <clears throat> other than what's in it, um, my guess is that the Pinot Gris was the charging, but bubbled. Very oh. dusty. Was that a shock to the palate or just down the wrong tube? Both. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounded like both. It's not what I was expecting, but it's not bad. It's No, it's not bad. It's, it's a definitely tart. Yeah. It's tarter than I was expecting. And it, again, it reminds me a lot of like sparkling Shiraz. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit lighter on the palate. It's got a, a little bit, I feel, of remaining sugar and sweetness. Strawberry, mint, basil, earth. A plum, so, and then prune, which is typical Norton. To me, this just makes me think of when I used to work out in the fields, in the vineyards, picking, a, like, going through and you're doing, like, leaf position or leaf removal late in the season. You came from Missouri, didn't you? I did. I remember yes. you now. <laughs> I am from the Midwest. 
Hence why I love Norton. Oh, absolutely. Um, but no, like, if you ever pick an underripe fruit, berries, you know, when they're still developing, where you have very low sugar, very high acid, and if you, you bite it and you're just like, mm. it's an acid bomb. Yeah, this there's a lot me, of acidity in here. This makes me think that it was picked almost too soon. Like, you know, you always want to pick early when you're making uh, sparkling wines, but maybe too early. Okay. Because okay. of that natural I'm, acid. I'm also not getting, uh, well, a little bit of that yeasty character, but not as much as I was expecting. It's dusty. Yeah. Like, it kind of reminds me of the, 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 um, the Perrier. Yeah, a little bit. Like that kind oh. of like a dustiness, but even once the dustiness goes away, like this has a really long finish. Yeah, it's still going. Like it there's something else, it's and I hanging. almost want to say like there's like a like a vanilla quality. I could see almost. that. Like it's making me think of like cake or frosting or something. I'll give you guys a couple more minutes to talk about this. I gotta get uh, a photo outside before the light goes away entirely. But the goals will see you. Just the color I'm vaguely reminded of a black cherry soda that I used to have as a little kid. Of course, this is a lot more obviously faint in the black cherry quality, and I don't it's even. There, though. I yeah. don't remember what that black cherry soda was called. I just remember that there was a picture of a. An Indian, or well, in those days, Indian. Today, we say Native American um, on the <coughs> on wasn't the one can. Of the Joneses, was no, it? it was not a no. Jones soda. Like this, even I would definitely describe this as black cherry colored. Yeah, like the color not, on this. Like, I mean, remember the Norton that we had? It was dark and inky. Mm -hmm. This is a lot lighter. It's but lighter, again, but there's like a lot of browning happening. But what did he say? The vintage wasn't this like 2013? No, it's not no. 13. Was Cody. It Yes. What's the vintage on this? Uh, non-vintage. Okay. Non what am I thinking? 2014. But, I mean, and little, you know, not having a lot of color could also be from, again, picking the fruit early so you don't have as much color development in the skins. Yeah. And then depending on the fermentation, they kept it too cold. And since it's so early, you might not have stable anthocyanins, so you're not going to have strong color development either during the fermentation. So that could be why you don't have quite as much color and you have more browning. Yeah. Hmm. Shit, I thought the browning was only like an aging thing, but it's not even it only... Yeah. It but if you, it's from age two, but if you don't have stable color... But this isn't just around the edges. This no. is the whole thing. I mean, the lighting in here is terrible. But just from like the angle that I'm looking at it with this oh, white yeah. crap no, on the background, it's, it's like it's it's the whole thing has a browning so, I mean, color it to could, it. It could be age. It could be yeah from, you know, not stable. Huh. Interesting. It could be a little bit of both. It probably is. It's not bad though. It's not bad, no, although it seems to different. Have different, but very good different. The air effervescence seems to have diminished considerably, at least to me. So well, it was a, a low bottle fill too. Yeah. At that point, which is the other thing that definitely suggested this was definitely hand done and hand disgorged, to me anyway. So we also poured some in a flute here. Yeah, but it's still got a nice amount of bubbles, little bubbles. I kind of oh, like when you, sparkling wines have kind of less. That's my. Yeah. So back to the wine. Yes. All right, we didn't cheers yet. No, we did not. Well, we haven't also finished the podcast. Well, remember, she wants to do it I in the like beginning. The Fine, we'll do it twice. It well, you and I cheers at least. Yeah, we did on accident. I oh. Cheers, you. Cheers. So anyway, I like this. I think this is pretty cool. Very um, mellow. Very mellow. I probably actually would drink this again. Yeah, I mean, it's surprisingly, you know, you don't see a lot of, well, I haven't seen a lot of just, like, red sparkling wines. I had a one yeah, that's not sparkling normal. Syrah, 
I kind of just it's... like to drink this on its own. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to pair this with food. Right. No, this would be like kind of not super hot out, not cold out, just kind of like a nice light jacket. Because I'm not very personal to sit outside when it's slightly chilly out. Sit, watch, watch the sunset on the deck. It'd be nice. Not so much for you. No. So, uh, the history of Whirlwind Winery in itself. Uh, Whirlwind Winery was formed in 2005 by Brad Stinson and Dan Rhea. They were friends who actually met while working on cruise ships. Anyway, so it was originally off the old Fay Main Street, and then it was moved to the Main Street in Watonga. Don Molinar joined in 2011. He uh, basically has been on uh, part of the unofficial part of Whirlwind since the first harvest, but he's now officially on board. Whirlwind Winery is committed to producing fine wines, discovering Oklahoma terroir, expanding culture in western Oklahoma, supporting value-added agricultural products, and encouraging agritourism. We thank you, the curious novices, the dedicated wine drinkers, and the adventurous enophiles for your passion and support. Anyway, so they're growing a, a couple different grapes on the property now, uh, as well as some fruits as well. But anyway... Uh, the history of Oklahoma wine in and of itself. So there are 52 wineries in the state of Oklahoma. Damn. Uh, wine production was actually a significant component of the o Oklahoma agricultural economy in the 1920s. But it was completely destroyed by the Dust Bowl yep. and then finished yep. off by Prohibition. Yep. Prohibition. Um, but now it has about 30, 52 wineries. Most of the wineries are apparently located in Greene County, which is northeast Oklahoma, Lincoln County, and surrounding areas in east-central Oklahoma. It would be really funny if Banner was in Greene County, if you get... Uh, 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 so there is right. actually currently uh, one designated American viticultural area in Oklahoma, which is the Ozark Mountain AVA, which I think extends into Arkansas and Missouri. Yes, I am correct. Yes, it does. It's a big old belt. So uh, according to Wikipedia, most of the Oklahoma wineries are producing a range of wines ranging from sweet to dry. Several wineries experimented with non-grape-based wines, from everything from peaches to jalapeno peppers. What? Yeah. Wait, do you guys want to try one? A jalapeno? jalapeno infused. I have a green chili wine. I have a jalapeno apple. I don't know if I still have it, but I'm going home to Missouri. Blah 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 blah. In two weeks, I can bring home. I don't really drink it, but I cook enchiladas with it. God damn it! Nice. All these things we could have just fucking made avocado out of wine. We've had the not avocado. That's Damn it, not avocado. That's so millennial. You're going to make avocados out of no, wine? No, 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 no. How is that going to work? What is the word I'm looking for? Now? Into wine? No, no, no. Guacamole. Oh, guacamole with the wine. Yeah. Oh. We've now had the tomato wine. We had the avocado wine. We could have jalapeno wine. It'd be great. We'll just throw them all together and see what a fucking happens. Actually, I, I thought about that once upon a time. Oh. There's somebody, I never tried it. He makes a habanero wine. Oh, shit. Somewhere. My oh, urethra yes. quails. <laughs> <laughs> he asked me if I wanted to try it. I go, fuck no. I tried the jalapeno wine and about died. <laughs> um, but I actually do have a green chili wine from New Mexico that is probably going to be season two or season three. Oh, nice. Um, so there will be a, an infused chili wine later in the podcast. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of different hybrids being grown as well as native varietals and uh, Norton Native Cross. I, I, he I hesitate calling it a hybrid because it's an accidental cross, probably, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, so it's I mean, kind of a native cross. Yeah. Um, 
I've also been told by a, lo- a, a few other people that there's actually a lot of uh, wineries importing grapes and concentrate from other places, uh, which yeah. is a perfectly normal thing, and we'll talk about that in a much later episode. Uh, that's actually probably going to be episode 51, focusing on D.C. There's wine in D.C. There are two urban wineries in the District of Columbia. Most of them are sourcing fruit from California or New York or um, one winery sourcing some local grapes from Virginia. Since we're out of the 50 states, why don't we just try Puerto Rico, too? Uh, If there's a winery in Puerto Rico, I would get it. So, Guam, American Samoa. I mean, that's where you're... Oh, no, you said you had an avocado wine. Yeah, we yeah it was from uh, Florida. And then there was the tomato wine, and it took me two or three hours to get the taste of Burger King I, ketchup oh, out of my so mouth. So I had somebody where we're, so their bad. mom, who owned the other winery, they had a partner winery, sister winery, they came back from their vacation in Florida, they brought me a tomato wine. They said, we really want to, they had a farm, like they grow a lot of produce, so like, we really want to make this. They give me a bottle that probably has a glass and a half left mm. that had been open for two weeks. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. I'm like, did you, like, gas it? She's like, what do you mean? Mm. Like, so you just have had this in your camper for the two weeks of driving around? Yeah, it was really good. I'm like, it sure was. It was Done. brown. And oxidized. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not making you a tomato wine. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not seeing much oxidation around the rim of this, other than that normal sort of Norton. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, the whole thing just has brown. Yeah, it's got it, brown hue to it, but it's not like not in a bad way. Yeah, but like we were saying earlier, it could be because when the grapes were picked for it, if they're doing traditionally, you want to have them picked early, so you have less alcohol in your primary fermentation. And so when you're picking early, you don't have strong color development in the skins yet. And so you might not have that really nice color extraction. And that could be part of it. Well, I, I like this, despite awkward label. Shitty it looks. Well, it's, I mean, again, it's like, I'm okay with it, but I hate it at the same time. I don't, the, again, it's like version one, and, and then they were just like, fuck it, just throw it on there, it'll be great. From here it looks kind of goth. It, well, well it's, it's supposed to be fireworks, but it's like they took it with a really, really, really shitty camera from like early two thousands. Yeah, that the pixels <laughs> are like horrible, and then they try to like make it bigger or like on an old flip phone. Yeah, you take those old photos and you try, and so it's like pixelated and shit, and then they just sort of slapped a font on there. Yeah, which I mean, I get where they were going with it, and then red sparkling wine in a different font on the bottom, which I'm not okay with. Right? I don't know. I no other information. (laughs) That's it. Oh yeah, Kay. well that's I think what's bothering you too. There's just nothing else There's on nothing there, there to Kay. say anything. It doesn't say the bridal. It says nothing. But anyway, <laughs> it could be an, it could have been a good label. I think it just they got part of the way, and then the designer was like, "Well, here's the idea that I'm going with," and then they were like, "No, just it's it's fine. We'll take it." And then that designer's heart probably hurt. I know. I, I think you give. I don't think a designer was involved. I think it was maybe. I have a wine. I'm gonna make a label, and that could be too. 
That's entirely possible. I just know as a graphic designer, I've put some bad shit together like because I had to, and someone's like, this is great. I'm like, but that was just, a, I just wanted to show you the direction. I was thinking, no, that's not it's what I want. Great, it's great, I love it. It's oh, like, that's not what I wanted you to do. Yeah. That's not what I want. Uh, I think it's really cool. I think it's really interesting. I would like to see a revisit of this wine once uh, Whirlwind figures out how to make it for themselves. I give it a six or a seven. I give it a seven. What would you rate this on the vino? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe like a three and a half, I guess. What do you think, Kim? I don't know what scale we're using. Whatever well, scale. Whatever I'm scale you Vino's want. I'm saying on out of five stars, so. Okay, out of, that's what I was wondering. Because he went on a ten scale, you went on a... I mean, I can go out of a 42 scale. <laughs> yes, do it out of a 42 scale, Kim. <laughs> I just watched the episode of The Office where Aaron, she's like, says she's like a three or like an eight and a nine and a ten. Out of a hundred, she's like, she's like a forty-two out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I never really rate wines. I would drink it again. I would try it again. Yeah, I would drink I mean, this again in a heartbeat. That's kind of my thing. Is like, it's pleasant. I don't hate it. I think this is going to be. It's It's not what you expect. But in a good, not what I expect yeah, way, like, as opposed to the tomato wine. Right. Well, like I wasn't expecting this much acid. Yeah, yeah that acidity kinda, is what yeah. really shocked me when I. But it works for it. It's still not, like, it's not unbalanced. Yeah, I mean, if I wanted, if I was going to pair this with anything, it would be lighter cheeses. Um, maybe even nothing, or, well, it might work actually well with feta. The saltiness might counter some of the character in this wine. Maybe, yeah. Not that it needs to be countered. Um, I'm really enjoying this, actually. I'm kind of... Oh, I do have a second glass. I was like, there's, I was waiting how long it'd be for you. I have a flute that I used for photography. So well, hurry up and drink it before it drains out all the holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. oh party foul. It's okay. Wah, 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 wah. Sorry. You're supposed to play the noise. I was just, I don't have it open. Slacker. You should have that. Open, waiting with well, your thumb over the button. I, you know, I Just did waiting. that for quite a while. I want the frog noise. Which frog noise? This episode has just fallen so far off the bandwagon. So, anyway, speaking of falling off the rails. We're supposed to take a left, we took a right. <laughs> yeah. Another yeah, right. Down a dirt road. <laughs> we fell down the hole. <laughs> and instead of trying to get out, we just found the, the tunnel and kept going. Rabbit holing. So, anyway. <laughs> that sounds kinky. <laughs> well, you know. So we all like this wine, then. Yes. Yeah. Well, in that case, uh, I don't know where I'm going to go with that. Other than, uh, let's make America great again. Cheers. Time for some glitz and glamour. I accept the This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com.